We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Uh, we are in week eight of the NFL season. Uh, this season is flying by pretty well, kind of the halfway point with week eight. I know that there's 17 weeks, but I'm going to call it the halfway point. Anyway, um, Andrew, before I jump into going back at week seven a little bit, I want to talk about that. I just want to see how you are doing today. Uh, I'm fine. You're completely ruling out a potential week 18. I, I'm not. That's a good point. We might not even be close to the halfway point. There is uh, we. I think we only have one game that's like kind of COVID at risk so far this week. Uh, Denver had a had a positive test on the offensive line. Seems like that game's still going. But yeah, I mean we're in we're in week eight and we've had all sorts of shuffling already. I think the the week eighteen is is very possible. The Giants have a few too, don't they? They're just not on this slate, so we don't actually think of them. But I thought the Giants. Oh, had that's a few. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right there too. I just kind of. I, I was looking at the main slate, and everything else was kind of. Right. Uh, Who cares out of about the Giants COVID, anyway? The COVID mind for me. So, <laughs> week week seven. I wanted to hit real quick last week. Week seven was one of the more interesting weeks that, uh, that I can remember. We had after we did the podcast that uh, both Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon were ruled out. So suddenly, like a lot of salary opened up. Everybody went to. Uh, Jamal Williams, Gio Bernard, they could pay up for Devontae Adams. And I mean, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, one obviously worked a lot better than the other. Um, but people paid up at receiver. They will pay up to Alvin Kamara. I've never seen a week where all the like cheap, you know, must play free square chalky guys all did well. And then all the guys people paid up to did well too. Devontae Adams was huge. Lockett was huge. Kamara wasn't huge, but he was really good. Both Williams and Bernard were good. Kyler was good. Russell Wilson was good. Like everybody, like the top, Three to five guys at every percentage at every position were really good. I don't think I've ever seen a week like that. My I usually play like two main GPP lineups, and one of my lineups in DraftKings had 216 points, which is usually like, oh my god, like this is gonna be a big cash week, and it was like kind of a, a min cash or a little better across the board. It was a, it was one of the wilder weeks. I know people say that in the NFL all the time, but it was one of the weirder weeks of like 
every chop guy did well. Yeah, and um, I made like a colossal error in my own cash lineup. And usually in a week where the chalk all smashes, I should do really well because I tend to play much chalkier lineups. And um, I just, uh, a full mistake on my part and basically it blasted me. Um, But what was kind of interesting, exactly what you said, like 216 points, like I should score a lot. And it was uh, Jordan Cooper was tweeting about this because there were some people going to him like, uh, you know, I scored all these points. I can't believe I didn't win anymore. And he was like, you have to understand, like, the fundamental thing about DFS is not how many points you score just in a vacuum. You don't need to, there's no target line. Right. Like everyone's like, well, if I get to this and in, in NBA, you know, if you do 5X, 6X, whatever. And it's yeah. like, all of that is like not important at all. Like all you have to do is score more points than whoever you're playing against, whether it's one person or 500,000 entries, like the number of points does not matter as long as yours are more than everyone else's. And so, yeah, it's like a bummer when you score like a ton of points and you barely cash, but that's not the game we're playing. So, yeah, I mean, I think people forget a little bit, like, you not only want your players to do really well, but you need the other players you don't have to not do well. Right. Like, right. We talked about the week in 2016 where I did really well. I mean, I had – there was like a dead week everywhere else. Like I hit a bunch of really big ones, but like there were a bunch of games that were supposed to go way – you know, supposed to have high points and didn't. There were a couple of weather games. Like getting stuff in other games is almost as important as picking the right players. Too. You need you need the guys you fade or, or don't play just not to do well too. Right. Exactly. And so like that's – when everybody does well, like yeah. just because you did well doesn't mean anything because it really just matters about how you did versus everyone else. Like this is a, a peer to peer game. Like we have to beat everyone else. Like we all try to be very nice and like help each other, but like really we're trying to beat each other as well. And so, um, that's just like one of the very fundamental things about DFS that people kind of forget that it's not about scoring the most amount of points that you possibly can. It's just 0.1 more than your opponents. Yep. I was excited about my Tyler Lockett call, and then I realized that everybody that played Devontae Adams almost got the same game. So it was yeah. like you had to have, you had to have both of them to do really well, which mm-hmm. is it was tough. I even had a lineup on Fanduel had both of them, but like the rest of the lineup wasn't as good. And you're just like you hit two receivers like that, you hope for a huge score. And it was just one of those weeks. I mean, we get them sometimes. We get some low scoring weeks. We get some high scoring weeks. This is one of the higher ones I can remember. I think the I think the DK Millionaire Maker was like 270 points or something like that. It was it was an absurd it was an absurd number. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's uh it is a bummer when like you hit on a receiver so well. And then you hit on multiples and then you hit on like in the same slate and you're like, let's go. And then you're yeah. like, oh, oh, wow. and it's funny because even watching that Sunday night game, the Sunday night game was was Arizona, Seattle, even watching Lockett go off. I'm like, well, I, I know he's going crazy and it's just not that big because I, there's so many other guys that I didn't have that went nuts or didn't have the right combo. But um, it worked out OK. But, uh, you know, you hope to get something bigger than that. But let's jump into uh, into week eight. Um I wanted to ask you, first of all, before we jump into specific players, uh, we have some weather issues this week. Obviously, we're, we're recording this Friday midday uh, West Coast time, so we're looking at weather projections. Obviously, those can change, but I, mean, I think the important part is we're going to talk about all these players in these games You know, with the with the caveat that a couple of these games might get a little crazy, but Sunday morning, you got to check the weather. Uh, we've got Vikings, Packers, Raiders, Browns, Saints, Bears that all have wind projections over 20 miles an hour. We talk a lot about weather. Um, I don't really care about much unless it is windy because that, I mean, that dramatically affects the passing game. You do see that as a, as an effect, but it's gotta be a serious wind. I mean, if that drops down to like 12 miles an hour, I just suddenly don't care anymore. Like I don't care about Aaron Rodgers with 10 miles an hour, but if it's, 
30 miles an hour, then you know, maybe they run the ball more. Maybe the deep passes kind of go away. Um, so I'm going to walk into this, you know, looking at these players as if we can we can play them and the wind's not going to be crazy. But with the thought that, you know, the caveat for everybody listening or watching that, you know, if those winds are crazy Sunday morning, I, I probably adjust away from some of these guys. Yeah, there, somebody tweeted today, and I apologize for whoever it was because I don't remember who, but it was the, I believe it was the Undertaker gif where he's coming up and he said, like, fantasy <laughs> players win the game that they want. Uh, has wind moved from 16 miles an hour to 14 miles an hour because it breaks that 15 like barrier right. that we all yeah. I mean they're just arbitrary numbers but I think the most important thing is to uh, just check the game lines like yeah. it, these things are so well um, set every week and they move based off of action from people who are much smarter than all of us yeah. and if I mean there's probably it's already built in now and so if a line is either the same now as it is Sunday or it's barely moving, like that's, I mean, I, as much as you want to like say like, no, 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 I, I know like if when weather happens, but like these people know much better than us. And that yep. doesn't mean that like, just because the line moves doesn't mean that offenses will change, well, will not change. Like, sure, there could be the same number of points, but they're right. running instead of passing. But like, ultimately... Um, just watch the lines. And if the lines aren't moving, then you thinking it's a humongous deal is counter to what most very, very smart people think. Yeah, and that's a really good point because we had the we had the Chiefs-Broncos game last week that uh, we were worried about snow a little bit. That line dropped from, that total dropped from 49 to 44 and a half. Yeah. So like, and that's, I mean, when you get something that drops four and a half points, that is a that is a sizable drop. And obviously people are, are pounding the under on that and making the line move. So yeah. um, that's a good point. I think that looking at lines, the, the totals more than anything, I right. think, in these games. is You know, I, we've already seen uh, the Vikings and Packers was 52 and a half to start the week. It's 50 and a half right now. So you're right. It's priced in. But, you know, if that drops to 44 on Sunday morning, there's probably people locally that kind of know what's going on and are, and are relaying the information. I think it's uh, that's a really good point to uh, to check totals with these games before you before you decide whether to take guys in or out. Yeah. And you just have to figure out, like, what is a, a sizable move? Like, 52 to 50 is marginal, but, like, 52 yeah. to 46, like, that's a decent move. And then you just have to compare it to the other games on the slate anyway because we're not playing these games in vacuums. So if if you have a game that was the highest total and now it's the fifth highest, like, now you can look at the other games a little bit, but, like, you still have to compare right. everything to each other. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's true, too. Um, so let's jump into these. We got... Uh, we have some high uh, high over unders, but like I've said, some of them have moved. Um, we've got five games that were over fifty a couple days ago. Uh, the Raiders and Browns, as I mentioned earlier, has dropped below fifty. It's now forty nine. That was fifty two and a half a couple days ago. Um, Niners in Seattle, obviously, we, that's a, that's a not in the Midwest, so that that one hasn't been affected. Fifty three and a half on that one. A combination of you know Russell Wilson being awesome and the, the Seahawks defense being absolutely horrific. Um, Titans Bengals is fifty one and a half. Colts Lions indoors in the Midwest, so that helps a lot. That's fifty. And then Vikings Packers mentioned a second ago has gone from fifty two and a half to fifty and a half. Um, I really liked Browns Raiders as a game to kind of target and go over. Now I'm a little wary with the weather, but I thought that was a game where uh, you know Baker played really well in the second half last week. Derek Carr has been, you know, better than he has been in in, in recent years. Uh, that was a game I was looking at, and now I'm a little a little more wary of that one. I'll have to admit, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think that could be like a sneaky big one. I mean, obviously yeah. the Browns are going to be without one of their best offensive players, two if you count Nick Chubb. Um, but I was specifically referring to Beckham. But um, right. Yeah, I mean we've seen both teams put up points, so it's not like it would be crazy if all of a sudden that that game got a little out of hand. Um, I don't, the Tennessee-Cincinnati one, I can't totally get a read on because I feel like Tennessee is really good, particularly defensively, and yet um, 
they find themselves giving up a ton of points. And so it's, I don't know how to read that game yet. And the Beng- Bengals love their second high half garbage time production too. I mean, they, <laughs> right. they, and, they, and they will they will absolutely abandon the run really quickly too. So that's a game that could go. I think Colts and Lions feels to me like a little bit low. I like the indoors. I think the the Colts defense has been really good, but I think those teams will score a little bit. I would take uh, that's one that I think sneaks over the over the fifty points. Okay. Yeah, I like that. There are three games we have this week that are actually under 46. So we've got uh, we, we haven't had many of those recently. We've got uh, Rams Dolphins is 45 and a half. Uh, Tua making his debut in that game. Chargers Broncos is 44 and a half. Saints Bears, uh, another one that's possibly in the wind, is 43. Uh, crazy in that game. The Saints have been over in every game they've played, and the Bears have been averaging under 40 total points their game. So talk about uh, rubber meets the road right there. You've got a, a, one team that's been every game's over, one team that's almost every game has been under. So it'll be interesting there. And then Patriots Bills uh, right now is 40. Um, Cam Newton coming off one of the worst games I've ever watched a quarterback play against the 49ers to the point that like I I'm one that like does like to jinx things I'm like I don't want to say anything bad about the other team in the middle of the game in the third quarter I was tweeting out like I've never seen a quarterback play as badly as Cam played I mean he he was back to like that weird like him throwing with his whole body instead of his arm which you, you saw two years ago before he had the surgery his arm didn't look right he was short hopping guys like 10 yard outs that were wide open I, you know you don't see that in the NFL every once in a while Bridgewater does it too he did a couple times last night but and then he overthrew a guy that was like wide open. And then he wasn't really running. I don't know if it was a COVID hangover or what's going on with Cam, but uh, that 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 over under of forty, yeah, that that jumps off. We don't see many of those in this season. You haven't watched enough Joe Flacco, Scott. Yeah, that is definitely by choice. <laughs> and the fact that the 49ers lost to him in the Super Bowl still bugs the crap. Oh, I, I bet. Know. I bet. Um, we also it's like, can't... It's like one three game stretch where he actually was elite. His whole career happened to be in that exact time period. Yeah, yeah. It's the Eli Manning story. Exactly. Um, you also forgot that they have no receivers. It doesn't. Uh, it, it, they really don't. And Edelman might not play this week mm-hmm. too. And uh, they really. It's 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 barren. They don't have anybody. But he was missing guys that like were open. It was it was really rough to watch. It was. Uh, and they obviously took him out. And they went to Jared Stidham like in the middle of the third quarter, the fourth start of the fourth quarter. But uh, he's back starting. Um, yeah, I want no part of that offense. Just so we're clear, before we even get to positions, I, there's not even a player on that team I'm considering. You will find zero Patriot sympathy over here, Scott. Uh, yeah, I imagine you're mildly enjoying the, uh, the level of <laughs> If there's anything better than a Jets win, it's a Patriots loss. And I'm not getting any Jets wins easier these days. So, No, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, even guys are even getting COVID to avoid being drafted by the Jets. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a, I might that's get COVID side. just to stop having to watch the Jets. Uh, but yeah, but then you're in quarantine and you got nothing to do but watch TV. So that's, <laughs> that's tough. To um, so let's jump into running backs. Uh, we have uh, some familiar names at the top. Uh, I'm obviously tossing Aaron Jones off because he has been ruled out as of about 20 minutes ago. Uh, we've got Alvin Kamara, 8,200 on DraftKings, Derek Henry, 8,000, Dalvin Cook at 7,500. Uh, what are you feeling at the uh, the top of the running back board this week? Um, I was basically trying to figure out if I was willing to trust Dalvin Cook, um, which is weird because I'm not usually a Dalvin right. Cook guy. Um, Derrick Henry like jumped out at me at first, but like the salary savings helps a little bit with Cook and obviously he gets involved in the passing game. But like a gimpy Dalvin Cook, knowing that they have um, – why am I blanking on uh, his backup? Alexander Madison. Madison, thank you. I played him once, and now I, I just take him out of my pool completely. Um, the crazy thing is, we played him at the almost the same price that Cook is right now. Which yeah, is just it's wild how much he got priced up. Right, like I said, he's gone. So, <laughs> um, but I think he like I'm not going to play Kamara. Um, Jerry Donabenian wrote this week actually in his DraftKings guide, uh, tournament guide 
that he thinks Kamara's in the smash spot, which uh, is wild to me because of the potential weather in Chicago, not to mention the Chicago defense. Um, but Jerry's smart. He's definitely smarter than me, but I, I can't go there this week. Uh, so I think, um, I think I'll probably, if like I can get comfortable with the idea that Cook is healthy enough, um, I think I like Cook the most in this group. Yeah, they did take Cook fully off the injury report this morning, which is a, a good oh, sign that he's, oh, he's right. cleared. And, he's cleared and good to go. He partially practiced Thursday, and that he's not even on injury report as of Friday. So, um, I would like to think that they wouldn't risk him if he was, uh, you know, a little bit gimpy. But yeah, you, you just never know. He was okay week one against uh, against Green Bay. This is a, a matchup that already happened earlier in the year. He was twelve for fifty, scored two touchdowns. But obviously, uh, Green Bay got way up in that game. Minnesota came back a little bit in the fourth quarter, but that score was not indicative of how much of a domination that was. So he was kind of game scripted out in that first game. Um, scored every scored every game he's played in so far. Cook seven touchdowns in five games. You know I love Dalvin Cook at any point. Um, I think he's a really nice play this week. Seventy five hundred. I would play him over Kamara myself too. Henry's the interesting one to me because um, you know he had two weeks ago he had that monster game, uh, twenty plus touches in every game. He's a guy that the volume is always there. Uh, Pittsburgh held him pretty well last week. Twenty carries for seventy five yards and a touchdown. But the Bengals are allowing 5.1 yards per carry. I think that uh, you got to think Tennessee gets up in this game. Um, I like Tannehill, too, at the price, actually. So you got to figure out uh, kind of what if I want to play the run game or the pass game for Tennessee. Um, good game script, six-point favorites by Tennessee. I, I think this is an, a week that you could put Derrick Henry in and be pretty sure that, A, the volume is going to be there, and I think the, uh, the the efficiency would be better than it normally is. Um, the, I felt the same way about Henry in terms of Tannehill. Like, I kind of liked Tannehill, and I don't know – if I liked Tannehill because he's cheap, and we'll obviously get to quarterbacks in a little bit, but like I can't decide if like feeling that he's a little underpriced makes me like him more or makes me think he's actually the better play than Henry if I want yeah. exposure to the Titans. <clears throat> I will say that um, the Vikings updated their injury report, and Cook is questionable. They updated since like this morning? Yes. <laughs> so he was clear this morning. He they was put cleared him back this up. morning, and they have since added him, and he is questionable. That does not make me feel great about that. I, did they? You think they just missed him on the first one? Um, maybe. It must be. They must just not missed him, and he was. They thought he took him off, but he's still questionable. So that's. Uh, it sounds like that's it, it sounds like all the beat writers think he's going to play, but right. Playing and playing fully is what right makes you have to worry about something. Yeah, that's definitely a Sunday morning kind of see if they if they say anything, if he looks gimpy in warm-ups or whatever it may be. But um, let's drop down a little bit in price. I think there's a lot of interesting guys in the, in the 6000 range. Um, you and I have talked uh, extensively about Kareem Hunt the last few weeks. And I feel like like last week he got it done. He was 18 for 76, had a touchdown receiving, but he hasn't really fully blown up. Like I expected a lot with Nick Chubb out, and he's just kind of – been lingering in the good range rather than the great range. But uh, another matchup that I do like again this week, they're home against the Raiders. Um, could be some wins, so maybe they rely on the run game more. Odell Beckham's out, so maybe they rely on the one game more there too. It's just a, but he's been getting 20 touches a game. If you're going to give me Hunt at 20 touches a game, I think I'm going to keep taking him even though he hasn't really blown up. Um, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones were okay against the Raiders last week, 24 for 84 and a touchdown. Um, you know, New England was big against them earlier. Camaro was big against them earlier. So they, they have given them some big games. Uh, Las Vegas has. Um, I think I'm back to Kareem Hunt. I thought I thought last week maybe was the last time I have to fully jump in, but I think I'm back again. Uh, Hunt was actually where I went before Cook uh, for my own <clears throat> lineup when I was building it just because – He's a little cheaper. I liked the matchup a lot. Yeah. Um, it, that's, it feels like such a classic Hunt situation that he did have a good game last week. And any other week, that would have been good. Right. But because last week there were thousands of points, like it just, he yep. didn't, 
he didn't do enough. Yeah, play, playing him was kind of – because essentially you probably – if you play the two cheap guys, you played Kamara instead of him, and Kamara's better than Hunt. But I just, I think it's a really good spot. I love the volume. I love the matchup. I like the game. I think this game will get a little, uh, little high scoring, especially if the wind is not huge. Um, I think under 7,000 is still a good price. He's 8,200 on, on FanDuel, so I, I'm less likely to play him there. Um, he's a little bit closer. I guess the the uh, the, the FanDuel, the Kamara, Hunt, uh, Henry Cook guys are over 9,000 there. So um, – but he's uh, he's eighty two hundred fan. I think I'm away there, but on DraftKings, I think I'm a full go, especially with the full point PPR. Yeah, I I like it, and I will probably like it more if we get the the cook maybe on like a snap count or whatever right, Sunday right. morning. There's nothing more I like to do on Sunday mornings than refreshing Minnesota Vikings beat writer Twitter accounts. Right. But uh, and 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 the the snap count uh, the, the pitch counts never turn out to be total BS either. Oh yeah, just, just garbage. Yeah. Or we get him from. I'll, yeah. I'll never Jordan Reed of getting you know twelve targets on fifteen snaps. I just uh, yeah 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 he already had two touchdowns in the first like six plays so yeah, yeah that was uh, dropping down a little bit. I think this is the first week in a while that I'm actually interested in Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. Um, they're at Detroit. Uh, Taylor sixty six hundred on DraftKings seventy three hundred on FanDuel. The snap percentage has been up the last couple of games. The snap count has not been. They had less plays so it kind of worked out. But he's been playing a little bit more snaps. Not fully where we want it yet. Um, he still only has 12 carries the past weeks, but they've been good. Like he was 12 57 and 12 for 60. He has seven targets the last couple of weeks. At some point, they have to like really take the reins off Taylor. It's, it's going to be hard to time. It's going to happen one of these weeks. Um, I just like, I like this game indoors. I think it's a game that, uh, that could get high on the points to it. I mentioned earlier, I like the over 50 in this game. Uh, Detroit was good against Todd Gurley last week. He did score twice, once on purpose, once on accident. Um, <laughs> But Detroit was thrashed earlier by New Orleans and by Aaron Jones. They've given up a lot in the run game. I think I'm going. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to Taylor this week for the first time in a while. I just feel like there are enough other guys I can play where I don't have to do that. At least in like a cash lineup where you try to minimize the hopefully the, the hopeful yeah. plays as opposed to what you're more confident about. But yeah, I think I mean it makes a ton of sense. Or uh, you know, favored in a indoor game um, on a slate that might not have you know huge number of points like we had last week. So yeah. He makes sense, and I mean the guy right below him on on DraftKings, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I mean, if you for a nineteen and a half point favorite, right? Um, usually, you want the running game, and you just have to consider how much the revenge factor from Le'Veon Bell fits into this. As as truly ridiculous as that sounds, people I think are jokingly like talking about it, but are right. seriously trying to get thoughts on it. Yeah, we have two of those this week, and we'll get to the second one here in just a second, the running backs. But um, CEH is weird because they had a big lead last week, but they built the Chiefs. The Chiefs game was wacky last week. They yeah. did build a big lead on a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown. So, like, you look up and the Chiefs have 21 points. You're like, awesome. And you look at Mahomes and CEH, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had he only had nine touches. He only played 27 snaps last week. So, I mean, Le'Veon for his first game actually – uh, Bell had six touches, so not a ton, but like took some work away, took some snaps away. They may have gone away from CEH with a big lead too, just to not put some wear and tear on them. It's a great game script. It, I just it's sixty five hundred. I just I don't think I could do it over the guys in this range. Do you think it's ju- just because of the lack of? I mean, it's got to be the lack of volume. Like the matchup itself is great. The matchup is phenomenal. You should you know you'd love it, but I think with Bell there, I think there's enough that you look mm-hmm. at they kind of they kind of split series a bunch last week, and you got to think of anything. Bell gets more work. Like first game, you got to think it's the the least amount of work right. Bell gets. So um, I think it gets too much to be a timeshare to me. I think that uh, 
you got to think Bell's been in coaches ears this week. He wants to score a couple times or at least do well and, and be out there. He, I mean, it's not that he just left the Jets. Like he had a bad, bad time with the Jets. Like I, didn't, I think it's fair to say he doesn't like Adam Gaze and Adam Gaze doesn't like him. And he is more of a, more of a like playing my old team than actually like disliking my old team here, which which may play in a little bit. I, um, <clears throat> from my completely unbiased opinion, I actually think he doesn't hate the team. Um, like he was amazingly professional for. The right. garbage situation he got himself into for forty million dollars. Um, like I think <laughs> right. he might hate Adam. Tough, tough, tough garbage situation. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might hate Adam Gase, which yeah. is reasonable. Um, yeah. But well, the whole you team, hate Adam Gase. You hate Adam Gase too. So you guys are on the same page, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but so yeah, I, I don't. I think the 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 narrative is stupid enough that it'll get me not to play Ceh in a game where the Chiefs are almost three touchdown favorites. And I then, also think they cover, by the way. Oh, I think they cover. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's – it's hard to – like the Jets never – the Jets finally covered last week for the first time. And, hey, Jets didn't give up a touchdown last week. <laughs> I'm trying. Trying. It's um, – Before I get into last week's heroes, which are priced up, I want to ask you about a couple guys in this range. Um, James Connors at Baltimore, he was like the most frustrating player of all last week. Like oh, I loved him last week. He had a touchdown called back and he dropped a touchdown pass all in the first quarter. I was like, this is going to be a huge game. And then he was just okay. And the fact that everybody else went crazy, like he was a, ended up being a bad play. Should have scored twice in the first quarter and didn't. It was really frustrating. But he's 6,400. Josh Jacobs is 6,200. Kind of a guy that we liked at the start of the year and was doing really well. Um, either of those guys in play for you this week, I kind of have neither of them really circled or in bold on my sheet. Yeah, I I generally don't play guys against Baltimore. Um, it just seems like there's always a reason. Like that's enough of a reason. But if even if it's not – there are other guys that I can play that make me feel better about it. And Jacobs, I just worry about game script that, I mean, the game theoretically could be very high scoring and close, but um, if the Raiders fall behind, he generally isn't producing nearly enough. Yeah. And the Browns are really good against the run 3.7 yards yeah. per carry. And Jacobs has five touchdowns, but they've come in two games. So he's had like two good games and four really bad games. Like he's just like really four games. games yeah. Last week was terrible. He was 10 for 17 last week. Like I, I realized they got down quick to Tampa, but he wasn't involved at all. And with, with Baltimore, you mentioned not playing some, I mean, they haven't, they've allowed one guy over 75 yards just Miles Sanders, but he had an 80 yard run in that game. So I think he kind of, you know, obviously that counts and it matters, but you kind of have to throw that one out. It's kind of a fluky, you know, long play. Miles Sanders could do that to anybody, but they've been really good against running backs all year. And I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going Connor or Jacobs this week. Yeah, no, I agree. So last week's heroes I mentioned uh, are priced up. We got Jamal Williams. We have uh, Gio Bernard. Bernard's 5,800 this week. Jamal Williams is 6,100. looks like Mixon's not going to play. Aaron Jones has been ruled out. Um, are you going back to either of them at the at the big price bumps this week? Um, Mixon has also been ruled out. So Oh, he's been ruled out. Okay, good. Um, good for Gio, not good for him. Right. I, I mean, they're both dirt cheap. Like, I actually think it, it doesn't match up perfectly, but you can almost play the exact same lineup this week as you would, did last week and be okay. Even So even with the price bump, I mean, they were 4,000 to 4,500. They're, uh, they're not up enough for you to, to move away? Um, I mean... Jamal Williams had 19 carries. Um, I, I like Williams a lot more than Bernard. five targets, yeah. I think, I mean, the, the Bernard thing, and it kind of played out like last week, like he rushed 13 times for 37 yards. And like, that's what I kind of, ex- you know, what we all should have expected, which is the fact that he had five for 59 and a touchdown after that. Like he wasn't yeah. great, but that is the more late, than the enough. The late, late receiving touchdown really just stuck a knife into people. Yeah. Than- um, I mean, yeah, I think Williams is certainly far better than Bernard. Um, okay. 
but just it, in terms of salary, it's, he's still pretty underpriced for the situation. Yeah, I like uh, I like Williams a good amount this week at 6,100. He was 19 for 77. You mentioned the 19 carries. He had a touchdown. He also had four catches. Um, Minnesota shut down uh, Gurley last start. That was two weeks ago because Minnesota was on a bye. And uh, week one, Green Bay ran it okay against them. But, you know, Aaron Jones was 16 to 66 for a t- and a touchdown. But at the price in this offense, um, I just think that Jamal Williams is so involved. He was clearly the guy over A.J. Dillon last week. People were a little bit worried about Dillon. It wasn't even close. Snap counts and touches and all that. Yeah. So it was Jamal Williams. My question for you with these guys is uh, you drop down a little bit. And if Philip Lindsay does not play, um, how do you think about Melvin Gordon at, at 5,600 on DraftKings, 6,700 on FanDuel? Uh, I think he makes sense, certainly. I mean, like, um, matchup's not one you necessarily have to avoid. Um, that Denver passing attack is kind of a situation where you want the running back because you assume that they're going to yeah. try to do as much as they can. You just For have sure. to worry that the Chargers get ahead and then Gordon kind of falls out. Like, He'll get a few targets here and there, but he's not going to stay on the field for everything. And so that's my only fear of that game. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously the other revenge guy that I that I was bringing up. He was playing against his old team and didn't leave on the on the best of terms. No. But I don't buy into revenge there. I, we joked around with Bell. I don't really buy into that a ton. Um, I just I, I like him if Lindsey doesn't play. I think that he's just get he'll get a lot of work if Lindsey doesn't play. Tim Patrick's not going to play either probably. Yeah. Um, so they just they need they need to find guys. He did have four targets last week in a game that they were uh, trailing against Kansas City. I think they'll use him a little bit there. Um, I prefer him over Bernard for sure. I don't know what I do with him and Jamal Williams, but uh, I go I go Gordon over Bernard for sure this week for a little bit cheaper. I mean, <clears throat> I kept saying last week that I didn't want to play Bernard because I just don't think he's that good. And so if I can <laughs> if I can have was, somebody else, then maybe I, he wasn't that good. He right. just he scored had five catches and kind of right at the price he was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was enough. And so, but yeah, I think Gordon's definitely in play for in this price range. Definitely. I, and I am one who never drafts Melvin Gordon, never plays Melvin Gordon. It's the first week all year where I really, I really thought he was a pretty good play. Yeah. Yeah. I wish the Chargers, I mean, we had the same problem last year, but I wish the Chargers backfield was a little clearer because yeah. like you'd, those guys are pretty cheap too. I mean, they're right under Gordon anyway. Yeah, so I have those guys, but I just it's second real quick in the low five thousands. Um, Miles Gaskin and DeAndre Swift. Any interest in either of those guys this week? Fifty two hundred and fifty three hundred respectively. No. <laughs> I I like Gaskin normally. I just don't want to do it against the Rams defense. Right. He has twenty plus touches last week. Since uh, Jordan Howard's been inactive, he's really been the guy in around yeah. goal line. I just think uh, with a rookie quarterback, I like running quarterbacks as running backs. I just don't know what to expect from Tua. And against the Rams D, um, I just think I'm not going to go there this week. It's a tough debut game. It is. It really is. I mean, I know they wanted to debut Tua after the bye, but yeah, Rams, uh, Aaron Donald uh, coming after you is not something you really want to, not, not a way to ease yourself into the NFL. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure and, we've seen enough from Swift to like be confident that he's the guy. Yeah. And he's really good, but still 13 touches last week. And, and Adrian Peterson had like 12 touches. So yeah. it's not like there's not like a, a clear demarcation that it's finally Swift's job. And he only played 28 snaps. The Colts have been really good against the run, 3.5 yards per carry. I just uh, I can't go there right now until they until they kind of that that 50-50 or 60-40 becomes more of like a 75-25 kind of thing. Yeah, you'd be all over Gordon before you'd play Swift for sure for me. And I'd play Gordon over Gaskin too. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the Chargers guys. Justin Jackson's 4,800. Joshua Kelly's 4,900. Kelly outsnapped Jackson last week, but it was 38-31. So it's close enough where you're like, either guy could do something. Um, Kelly was better. Uh, Jackson, he was 12 for 29. Jackson was 5 for 12. Uh, Jackson's better receiving. They both had five catches, but Jackson 43 yards. 
I just think it's a little bit too much of a timeshare right now. They're cheap enough where you want to throw them in a GPP lineup and kind of hit the right guy at the right time. I have no problem with that. But uh, trying to pick which one, I, I think anybody that tells you they know what's going to happen between these guys is, is just kind of guessing at this point. Yeah, and because of that, I'm out. <laughs> right under them is the guy we mentioned earlier, Le'Veon Bell at 4,600. Uh, he played 17 snaps last week, 6 for 39. Um, obviously the revenge game, good game script. They're 19 and a half point favorites on your jets. Uh, any consideration of playing him at the super cheap 4,600? I mean, I'd probably play him in GPP for sure. Like yeah. there are enough low entry tournaments that you can burn a dollar and hopefully win 80,000 yeah. bucks or whatever. So like, I don't think like, it, I don't think he's going to play, you know, have 22 carries or by any means, but he could certainly score a couple times, especially in the second half. If they want to really work him in, um, I can see it working. He's one of those guys that has a decent ceiling. I wouldn't say hugely, but has a decent ceiling, but a really low floor. Like he could play. Oh yeah. He could, he could be he could be eight for forty in one catch pretty easily and not score. And you're like, oh, it's you know that that doesn't seem that crazy. And if they get up thirty five on the Jets, like they're not going to risk anybody at that point. You're going to see whoever it is, Darrell Williams, or I don't even know who they have behind him at this point. Um, I see it at GPP. Um, I might throw one lineup in with it, but I'm not I'm not heavy on. I know a lot of people love Bell this week and. Uh, I'm not one that loves him. I'm, I'm just okay, and I can see it working out, but uh, not something that I, I think is going to happen. I think if you can make a reasonable argument other than revenge, then right. it makes sense. But, like, you're effectively choosing the backup running back on a team that's a 19-and-a-half-point favorite, which, like, that can work. That can work. Like, that could be the— and, and at some point, you have to hope that— you have to know. You don't have to want Andy Reid to buy in that revenge mm -hmm. too. Like it's not just Le'Veon Bell being, oh, I hate to see him. I'm going to go in. I mean, Reid's got to use him and use him with a lead and and call plays for him. So it's not just Bell hating gays. It's like Reid has to buy in it too, and he might. He might be like, you know what, Le'Veon, go get yours. But you know, he's been there for two weeks. I don't think there's any like strong loyalty there. He means, but uh, you know, I, I think he scores probably once and has 40 or 50 yards, and you know, that's something that uh, you know is not going to kill you. But uh, you probably need the touchdown for it to work. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like his floor is like 8 for 40, and his ceiling is 8 for 40 and two touchdowns. I think that's a really good way to put it. Maybe like three catches and something like that. So um, that's why I said I think the ceiling's decent, not huge, because I don't think he'll get enough work to be huge. But, um, you know, a backup running back, like you said, in a game that's a, as big a total or a biggest spread as we see in the NFL um, can certainly work. All I want to see is him score and just run over and give the ball to Adam Gase. <laughs> and Gaze will have just eyes popping out of his head the whole time. And he'll just like have his arms folded. The ball will hit him in the chest because he doesn't want to. I mean, uh, whatever. Um, last situation I want to talk about before we move to the passing game. Um, the Seahawks against the, against the 49ers. Uh, it sounds like Carlos Hyde's not going to play if I can kind of read the Pete Carroll quotes this morning. But Chris Carson is now a game time decision. I thought he was going to be out. He's a game time decision. Um, they say Travis Homer's probably going to play. So say uh, the problem is it's an afternoon game, so we may not get anything for sure, which makes it really tough, especially with the guys this cheap. Like it's because it's hard yeah. to it's hard to late swap out of these guys. If you, if you, uh, I guess you could go to maybe one of the one of the Chargers guys because they're a late game also. But DJ Dallas is four thousand. Travis Homer's four thousand. Um, say we find out on Saturday that both Hyde and Carson are out. Are you going to delve into the situation at all? Um, I mean, delving is just playing Homer, right? Like nobody's actually playing Dallas. Oh, if all three are out, I, but it sounds like Homer's going to play. I guess right. if all three are out, you go DJ Dallas because there's nobody else there. I just think if all these guys are out, I just think they're going to let Wilson throw the ball the whole game anyway. Um, yeah, me, I, I would definitely consider Homer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 4,000 is min price, dirt cheap. I think that, uh, yeah, if, if I, it have to, I think I had Carson had to be ruled out, out for me right. to do it. 
Yeah, totally out. Yeah, because like like you said, I mean, theoretically, you could build the salary around Gordon, and then, I mean, you you'll have to tinker somewhere. Maybe play a late defense from one of those three games. But right. Um, Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to find out early enough. Yeah, sorry. We're taping this a little bit later, so you're going to get some phone calls in there. I apologize for that. Um, so let's jump into the passing game. Uh, it's an interesting week this week, passing-wise. I'm going to start at the top and ask you about Patrick Mahomes first. We've mentioned this game a bunch of times with the game script and 19.5-point favorites. Uh, I'm not paying up for Mahomes this week. I fully get that he could throw four touchdowns in the first half, and they're way up, and he could dominate. Um, they have not. He's not thrown more than two touchdowns since week three. The defenses have clearly been kind of trying to make them run the ball. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um, I think there's enough other guys that I really like and want to play that uh, I fully get the Mahomes could go off on the Jets. It's a great matchup, but I just think the second half uh, could be pretty uh, pretty ugly. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I mean, obviously you have to think about him because he's Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I didn't go that deep on him just um, because I fully expect them to kill the Jets. And it could be Le'Veon Bell's two first half first quarter touchdowns that I mean they don't have to throw anymore. Like I, there, are, I think there are a lot of quarterbacks you can play this week. Um, I do too. And I've, I've got guys at the top. I like, I've got guys in the middle. I like, and I got guys at the bottom. I yeah, like, which totally. is pretty rare. I usually don't get that many guys in each tier. Um, let's talk about the, so not the top tier with Mahomes, but this the kind of secondary next tier here. We got Russell Wilson at 7,800 Aaron Rodgers 7,600. Those are both on DraftKings. Lamar Jackson, 7,400. I know you're not playing Lamar Jackson this week. Um, Josh Allen at 7,000 against new England uh, in a really low total game. Uh, Wilson and Rodgers clearly stick out in this group for me. Um, but uh, where are you thinking this range? I think that's exactly right. I think it's those two. I kind of sided with Rodgers a little bit, although uh, you keep telling me how awful the San Francisco um, secondary is because of all the injuries. So maybe they're, they get a little bit healthier, but they're still pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I think either of them are perfectly fine. Like, I don't think there's necessarily one thing that makes one so much better than the other. Um, I think based off of last week, what we saw without Aaron Jones, that um, Rodgers was perfectly willing to just throw every single ball he could to Devontae Adams. And the benefit yep. of Devontae Adams is that he catches everything that you throw to him. And so, yep. um, I mean, 283 and four touchdowns if you don't have, or you're not going to have Aaron Jones again. So maybe that's the slight thing that I like a little more. Obviously, the absence of Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde doesn't exactly move the needle as much for me. Yeah, and, and Rodgers, obviously mentioned, was really good against them week one, 364 and four touchdowns. I guess the you know the weather on that on that game might uh, impact a little bit, but we'll have to check that Sunday morning. 
Um, I, I love Russell Wilson this week. I'm going to oh, okay. go Wilson over Rodgers. Um, three touchdowns in five or six games. The Niners have all kinds of issues with running quarterbacks. And with those injuries, Wilson's running the ball a little bit more. He has 50, 58, 84 rushing yards the last two games. Uh, the Niners cannot stop quarterbacks running the ball. So I expect uh, I expect a good chunk to kind of build the floor there. Um, the Niners are still banged up in the second. Again, a little healthier. Jason Verrett's playing really well. Emmanuel Mosley's back. Um, I'm not sure if Kwan Williams is going to play. Richard Sherman's not going to. Both safeties are questionable, but uh, I think that uh, they have a pretty good chance to play this week. I just think that Wilson uh, Wilson against them in a game that I think the Niners are going to score too. I think Wilson's going to be huge. Um, I think you get some rushing yards. You may get a rushing touchdown. You get three passing touchdowns. Uh, Wilson Metcalf stack is my favorite stack of the week by, by leaps and bounds. I uh, I love it this week. I don't think the Niners have anybody that they can use to guard DK Metcalf. I think that's the time where you beat them is you know deep balls on the on the on the corners on the outside. Whereas last week I liked Lockett more in that situation. Um, I just don't think they may guard Metcalf. I, I love Russell Wilson losing in any week any lineup. I'm paying up at quarterback. It's going to be for Wilson. I mean I don't think you can really go wrong. So. Um, Jerry and his uh, tournament guide put them as the that game passing game stacks. That's the first one yeah. right there, and it's Wilson Lockett Metcalf. Yeah, and I think that it, it will take the Fort Niners scoring some, but I think they can. Seattle's defense is just so terrible right now. I mean, they just they give up tons of points and yards to everybody. You know, yeah. the Niners aren't explosive. They like to kind of grind it out, but uh, I think they'll have to open it up a little bit to stick with Seattle. I just I think it's a game that could be could get could fly up in points, and I, I just think. And if if, Car- if Carson and Hyde don't play, I like it even more. I just think that they'll just they'll just kind of forget the run game a little bit, which they never do in Seattle. But I think they will do it this week and uh, let Russell kind of do his thing. And I think they've learned uh, four Niners games in the past. They've kind of been quiet with Wilson early, and then he exploded the, the game last year where they're way up, and he he went nuts in the fourth quarter. And I just think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be Wilson all the time. I just I love him this week. That's fair. Would you love him enough to like play him as your quarterback? Like, do you love him more than the values that you have at every other price tier? Uh, I think so. It will depend on lineup builds, obviously. It might depend on some injuries and if we get some cheaper guys in here. But yeah, like my main, I usually play one main lineup and I I think it's going to be a Wilson lineup. Okay, that's fair. In the 6,000s, we have a couple of really interesting guys. We have Justin Herbert at 6,900 against Denver. Has been just great lately. And then we have Ryan Tannehill. You kind of hit on a little bit. 6,800 at Cincy. Uh, Seems like you like Tannehill more than Herbert this week if if I'm getting it from the the head shake you just gave me. No, the head shake was... um... Just like every young quarterback I see that succeeds just makes me grind not seeing Sam Darnold in this group. That's all. Yeah, that, that, it definitely hurts. We have we have Herbert uh, doing really well. Burrow's playing really well. And Tua this week will be interesting. But uh, if you have it to pick between Herbert and Tannehill, what are you doing this week? Um, I think I go Tannehill. Um, I, I thought Tannehill was like a little cheap. But like that's sixty eight hundred is really not that cheap. It's just like that we have a lot of guys in front of him. Yeah. Um, but I think I side with him just a little bit more. That playing in Denver is always like a little tougher for some people. Their uh, secondary is not nearly as good as it has been in the past. But I think they're still good enough that like I think Tannehill is at least safer against Cincinnati. Yeah, and Tannehill's obviously been really good. He only had 220 yards against the Steelers last week, but that's the Steelers. Right. Um, he did have two touchdowns. He was 366 and four touchdowns against Houston the week before that. <clears throat> um, the Bengals just, they just allowed a lot. I mean, Baker Mayfield just smoked them last week. It was Baker Mayfield. And he was 0 for 5 and then completed like 21 passes in a row and set up Brown's record. It was crazy. 
297 and five. He was a uh, Philip Rivers of all people was two weeks ago was 371 and three. Yeah. So like they've been getting a big games to not very good quarterbacks right now. Um, the Bengals just get no pressure. They traded Carlos Dunlap this week. So he's obviously not going to be pressuring Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill's much better when he has a clean pocket. And I think he'll have that a lot this week. Um, I just think he builds in really nicely. The only concern is they get up in this game and just hand the ball off 40 times in the second half. But um, yeah, I think I go Tannehill a little bit over Herbert. I love Herbert and he's had 11 touchdowns the last three weeks and two of those were against the Bucks and Saints. So he's like mm-hmm. not beating up bad defenses too. He just, he, he passes every possible eye test right now. It's funny. You say you're, you're worried about Tannehill that they get up and then they run 40 times in the second half, but like they could get up because of the running 40 times in the first half. And then they run. It's 40 possible times too. Second. Yeah. With, like, with Tennessee, that's always something that could happen. Yeah. So, uh, He's a little cheaper, but what do you think about the other side of that game with Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, he leads the NFL in dropbacks per game. They are letting him chuck it in yeah. every way possible. <laughs> nice game script, six-point dogs. He had 400 yards last week, kind of chasing Cleveland around. That that Cleveland-Cincinnati game was wild. It was the yeah, first was. game in NFL history with five lead-changing touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. It's the first time it's ever happened. Um, he had three touchdowns last week. He only had one the prior three weeks, so he kind of broke out a little bit last week. Um, Ben was, uh, Ben was pretty good against Tennessee last week. Deshaun Watson was really good the week before that. I think the game script works out really nicely. I just think I'd probably go Tannehill over him. I think Tannehill's a little safer. Um, and there's two guys down the 5,000 who I'm thinking about playing too. So it's, uh, I like Burrow, but I think there's just other guys above and below him that I prefer this week. The volume is just nuts. Like it's crazy. It really is. Like just his passing attempts, like 36, 61, 61. 44, 36, 30, 39, and 47 last week. I mean, he was 35 of 47. Like, that, yeah. that's crazy. And, and with, with no mixing in there, like, yeah. I think with, with Gio's a guy they more like to use out of the backfield, and they're not going to yeah. hand it to him 24 times. Like, even with mixing, like, they force it him sometimes, even they're losing. You're not going to see that with Gio. And it just, it lines up really well. I have no issue with anybody play, that plays Burrow this week and kind of going for that, uh, you know, stack it up in the second half again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Is Jimmy G one of your 5K guys? He is. So I have two guys in the in the in the mid five Ks I think are playable this week, which is usually does not happen. Um, it kind of depends how you build your lineup. Jimmy G is the first one. Missing Debo Samuel hurts. Like he's the, he's one of those guys that can catch the ball and run. But he has Brandon Ayuk, who was really good last week. Got George Kittle, obviously. Seattle hasn't stopped anybody all year. They're allowing 374 passing yards per game to quarterbacks. <laughs> it's a wild number for a team that like at least like even four years ago was like Legion of Boom and like nobody passed on them. It's just. It's wild how much that's changed. The Jamal um, Adams trade really worked. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt, so maybe it may depends if he plays or not. Uh, I don't. I think that that maybe affects Kittle more than anything else yeah. if Jamal Adams plays. Um, you know, Jimmy G's has stats haven't been huge, but he's been really efficient and effective since the Miami debacle. He's been pretty good against the Rams and um, last week against whoever they played. Uh, who they beat last week? New England. New England. I'm totally blanking on that game. It was so bad. Um, but the other guy is Derek Carr at, at 5,500 quietly been really good this year. I'm not someone that's never liked Derek Carr, but 8.2 YPA so far this year. He has multiple passing tees in five straight games. And if the wind dies down this game, I think this is a game that can really get back and forth, kind of like Cleveland and Cincinnati was last week. Um, You know, Dak Prescott had 502 and four against, uh, against Cleveland a couple weeks ago. I think he has a chance to be a sneaky back and forth game. I think if I'm going down here, I'm actually going Carr before Jimmy. Wow. That is assuming not 70 mile an hour wins, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, I think that's fun. Like, I think I don't want to call Derek Carr fun. Let, let me not yeah. go that crazy, but yeah, I mean, like you said, that game could get out of hand. And if it does, he's going to play a part in it. And if you don't really love J- Josh Jacobs and you think a game is going to get out of hand, then obviously you have to go to Carr. 
Um, and and Henry Ruggs is healthy, and Aguilar's been playing well. Darren Waller's a good option. Like he doesn't have great weapons, but like good enough weapons that if enough, it does yeah. go back and forth, he can he can pass the ball. And they're throwing the ball deep, which they didn't used to in the past. And obviously that's a, another win thing there. But they, they they talked this week about how they like to go deep now, and they've really changed their approach there. So um, if I'm going to save money and kind of build a lineup and try and get some expensive receivers and stuff, card card be the way that I, I would do that. To, like a like a two thousand dollar savings from the, the Rogers Wilson price. I'm surprised that you like him more than Jimmy G. I just think uh, if I had to get in the mind of Kyle Shanahan, it's to to run the ball and kind of yeah. not get in a back and forth with Russell Wilson. So I think if they can run it, they will. They will go play action and Jimmy will make some plays. So I, and I, I think that could work. But I think the game plan, at least in the first half, is going to be to kind of limit Russell Wilson's possessions if they can. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, I mean that—that that is always the fear with Garoppolo is that is. like they really don't want to have to rely on him Jeff, to throw. Jeff Wilson Jr. scores three times. Yeah. <clears throat> that oh, obviously man. can't happen this week. I'm just referring to last week. Sure, but it could sure. be could be Hasty, could be McKinnon, could be right, could be Kevin any, Cole, anyone but Jimmy G. Yeah, it literally might, they might bring back Roger Craig for three touchdowns. I'm not totally sure, <laughs> but I wouldn't bet on anyone. Like if I were doing player props, I wouldn't bet anything in the Niners' backfield. We didn't talk about them. I just there's no <clears> way until Raheem Mostert comes back. I'm not playing anybody in that backfield because. They're all they're all usable. If you know what's going to happen, you know volume. There's no way for us to know. I mean, Jerick McKinnon got a rest game last week that we didn't even know about. Yeah, yeah. And has apparently has tired legs now, even though he hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> it's great. Uh, let's jump into wide receivers. Devonte Adams is way at the top. He's 8,800 on DraftKings. Obviously, a massive game last week. 13 for 196. Two touchdowns. He's played three full games. He has double-digit targets in each one. He went bonkers against Minnesota the first week. He was 14 for 156 and two. Like, those lines just sound crazy. Like, it's like a video game. But um, Minnesota's not stopping anybody. Uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley had 198 yards combined against them in three touchdowns in week six. Metcalf went crazy in week five. Um, I don't think I can pay up for Devontae Adams at 800, but uh, I guess I wouldn't fault anybody who did if they wanted to build a lineup that way. It just It's just so... Uh, stark to see the next highest is Metcalf at 7,500 on DraftKings. It's such a big difference. It's wild. Um, but it kind of feels just like Michael Thomas last year. And, yeah, it does. I mean, we were playing Michael Thomas at like 9,900, like especially on non-McCaffrey slates, like although I don't know if there were at, even a handful of them. But right. um, I think 8,800 is still underpriced. Wow, okay. Um, that doesn't mean he, I don't, like he's not expensive. He's obviously very expensive, but like I think I think he should be higher. This, Are you going to find try and find a way to get him in? Uh, yeah, I, I think okay. the the Adams build is based off of Carr and Jimmy G. It's like one of those, right. Right. Um, or three sense. three cheap wide or cheap running backs for cash games, like which always gets a little sketchy. But um, I I think I've got, yeah. uh, I got plenty of cheap receivers coming, so I'm going to find some gems so you can get Adams in if you need to. Yeah, I I, I think there are very viable builds that have them. It's as simple yeah. as that. And it's one of those things, like, if he's going to get that many targets from a, you know, all-pro Hall of Fame quarterback, mm-hmm. like, that that matters. I mean, you, we yeah. always talk, we'll talk about guys lower that get a lot of targets from bad quarterbacks, but if Aaron Rodgers is staring you down for four quarters, like, that really matters. Yeah, I mean, just look at the number of people who have lost so much money trying to yep. get other receivers from the Packers <laughs> to give for them sure. any sort for- of value. For a couple of years now, too. Yeah. It's not just a this year thing. Like, it's been, you know, who's the second receiver for the Packers for a while? And, you know, Randall Cobb was there for a long time. But trying to find that number two that's going to get a lot of targets has been a thing. And there's nobody yet. I mean, Alan Lazard is practicing this week. But, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. There was another guy last year. I can't remember who it was. Maybe we'll go back to James Jones. But, like, we're going a long way back to find 
a second guy next to Adams. Yeah, it's just not. I mean, for the for a quarterback that likes to throw and they're without their starting running back. Um, I mean, it's it's the exact same thing as last week, except he's a little more expensive, but the matchup is actually better. And I mean, he's more expensive than Kamara. He's more expensive than, than Derrick Henry. They have they've priced him up. Uh, you're you're right. It's not like not quite the Michael Thomas stuff from last year, but um, he's the most expensive. I think he's the most expensive guy in the whole slate. Yeah, he is. So if you drop down a little bit, you mentioned uh, the guys in the mid sevens. There are some interesting names here. Uh, Metcalf is seventy five hundred on DraftKings, seventy eight hundred FanDuel, seventy one hundred is uh, Tyler Lockett. Obviously, Lockett was insane last week. Twenty targets, which is Nuts to say out loud, 15 for 203 touchdowns. I have been a huge Tyler Lockett fan for years. I just think he's really, really good. Um, he had nine targets the prior two games. So it was kind of one of those things like you kind of, it, it just out of nowhere, but you can kind of figure out how the, how Arizona, you know, pretty much put Peterson on, on Metcalf and tried to move the offense away from that. I don't think personally, I don't think the Niners can do that. I don't think they have a lockdown core that can stick with Metcalf. Uh, if I'm going with a stack this week, uh, I'm going with Metcalf over Lockett, uh, kind of flipping the script from last week. Is it more just the lack, like, if all things are equal, which we basically look at it now, then you side with Metcalf. Like last week, they weren't equal because yeah. um, he was being shadowed. But uh, yeah, a little bit of that, and a little bit of you know Metcalf had five targets last week. I think they'll kind of you know even that out a little bit. But mostly for me, it's I don't think the Niners can guard him on the outside. Whereas I think they will with their linebackers and safeties. I think they'll be able to scheme a little bit towards the slot receiver a little more. What Lockett does, like, I mean, he probably I mean he'll be very involved, and they use him in the red zone too. But um, the only concern with is Metcalf is, you know, you have to get the big play because he has, I think he has four catches. He's averaging exactly four catches per game. So it's not a huge yeah. PPR guy. But even with that, he has over 90 yards in five or six games. I just think the 49ers are built in the way that they can guard him deep on the outside. Yeah. I mean, the, the benefit is that you know they're taking at least one or two of shots. Course. Yeah, so. they definitely will. In this game, I think they certainly will. Without Richard Sherman there to kind of maybe they could shadow him. They, they usually don't. Um Niners have only allowed one wide receiver over 100 yards. So even with all the injuries, they have found a way to piece it together. They've faced some really crappy quarterbacks, though, to be fair. Um, I don't know. I just think I think it's a Metcalf week. I know it's kind of hard to figure out with these guys, but I think the way the Niners are built, I think Metcalf is uh, going to eat against them pretty well. That's fair. That's fair. Does the uh, Going back to Adams for a second, does the weather worry yeah. you about him? Yeah, I mean, one of those things I'll check Sunday morning. But yeah, if it's super windy, it does a little bit. But although he doesn't, you know, I think they run so many like crossing patterns with right. him and Rodgers can throw the ball so well. I don't think he's, I don't, I, I wouldn't worry about Rodgers as much as I would the other five quarterbacks in those three games, but that way, just because I think he can, he can slice it through that pretty well. And a lot of the patterns they run for Adams, I think they can run anyway in the wind. But right. yeah, I think a little bit. We were paying 800 for somebody. You don't want that. You don't want any kind of factor to, to happen like that. True. That's fair. Anybody else in the 7,000s you like? We have Adam Thielen. We have Allen Robinson, who's questionable. Um, for me, as I looked at it, Metcalf and Lockett were clearly the players in the 7,000s over Thielen and Robinson. But I wanted to ask you if you, you like any of those guys at all. Um, the, the problem with Thielen is that if you're going to game stack, like that's just a very expensive game stack. Like Rodgers, Adams, Thielen is like a – you're going to need a lot of savings. Although it sounds like you've got a few guys down below that might make oh, that I work. Oh, I do. But, you'll, pro um, you'll probably hate them all, but I got <laughs> I got more than usual, which is hard for me to do. Um, Thielen was really big against Green Bay week one, but we talked about it a couple times. Like, it was all fourth quarter. Like, yeah. he did nothing the first three quarters and then kind of went off. He's the only wide receiver over 100 yards on Green Bay, believe it or not. I think that uh, they'll probably move Thielen around and, and try to get Jair Alexander off of him. And Alexander probably switch back and forth between Thielen and Jefferson. He's one of the top three corners in the NFL right now. Yeah. 
Uh, Thielen's active. He wasn't great last week. He was 351 against uh, that that bye last week, but the week before, 23 targets two weeks prior. I think you could I could, you could argue Thielen. I just think that Metcalf and Lockett in that game make a lot more sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. And pretty much everybody below them. Like I'm not sure. Like AJ Brown, I guess makes sense. Although he's just like not. I wish he like he's been getting a decent number of targets. He's basically between like eight and ten, seven and ten every week, but. Um, it just doesn't feel like enough and he's only, you know, a few hundred cheaper than Lockett that like, I'd probably don't end up there and, or he's not even, was that 600 on DraftKings from Metcalf. So I would probably just end up there anyway, but he's the one that kind of like, you see AJ Brown, you're like, Oh, he is really good. Really good. But I'm just not, I don't know. I wish he was like yeah. a 12 target guy. Yeah, and I, I wish that was the, you know, the game script's not great in that game. We mentioned Tannehill probably to do stuff early, but, you know, I, I think A.J. Brown is really, really talented also and really good and fun, uh, but you're probably going to have to need to get it early because I think, you know, they probably run the ball in the second half a bunch. Um, Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill at all this week? Um, I mean, the Jets' secondary is horrific, so, like, Hill... I, I mean, Hill makes a ton of sense. Still uh, still doesn't have 100 yards in a game. I know, yeah. I mean, he's another one that, like, I just, I've, I don't think I've ever played Tyreek Hill in a cash game just because you just never know when he's going to break it off. It's funny. You joke about the, you know, oh, I told you it's going to happen this week. It's going to be, that's going to be Tyreek Hill this year. He's going to have a 150-yard, two-touchdown game. Everybody's be like, oh, I told you this is week finally to play him. But it's been five weeks of that already. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. But uh I moved off Hill a little bit last week. I liked him and Mahomes last week. But once the snow and all that came out and the total went down, I kind of moved away from those guys. I yeah. played them in one small GBP, and that was it. I just – I don't think I want to pay up for Hill in a week that I don't think they're going to throw the ball in the second half. Like, he can blow up and explode at any point, and I fully get that. But if I'm going to play Tyreek Hill in a game, I want to be against someone that at least I think they can kind of come back on Casey a little bit. Yeah, I like I like the idea of Diggs. It sounds like um, Gilmore is not going to play, or at least he hasn't been practicing this week. That's big, yeah. That's big. Um, Gilmore, I mean, excuse me, Diggs gets the targets I wish Hill did. Um, so I think Diggs is, is a solid play. I probably I wouldn't play him in cash because there's one guy a little further down that I love this week, but um, but I get Diggs. There's a, there's a massive underprice we're about to get to. It's uh, like, I don't know. Speaking I, I of think targets. They missed him by a thousand bucks, yeah. and I don't know how. But before we get there, a couple guys in the mid sixes: Kenny Galladay, sixty-six hundred; Justin Jefferson, sixty-five hundred; uh, Tyler Boyd, sixty-six hundred too. Any interest in these three guys? Kenny Galladay's been really good. Yeah. Um, and had like he had six catches last week, and all of them were like acrobatic, really yeah. tough catches. Like none of those were easy. He's just he's really really good. Yeah, you kind of wish that he could make those catches and get the easy ones. That's, that, that's the funny part. Like Stafford, like give us a quick couple of uh, easy ones just, too, right? Like yeah. you, uh, you suddenly make that, you know, nine catches and three of them are easy, but uh, with it's, it's sly and something's ever easy. Yeah. I think they're fine. Um, Boyd, you know, will get when, when Burrow's throwing 85 times and you know, Boyd is going to get his targets, but I think there is still one guy who's much better than all of them. So that's, uh, that's Keenan Allen. At 6,200, I, I'm scrolling for Keenan Allen. I just don't, like, I don't know. They just mispriced him. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other way to do it. We had a couple of those this year, and they've, they've worked pretty well. He should not be 6,200 flat out. He was 10 for 125 on 13 targets last week. Um, since Herbert's been playing, he has doubled his targets in every game, except for that one where he left early, and he still scored in that game before he left, like, in the first quarter, too. Um, Denver hasn't allowed any huge games, but, you know, you know, Crowder and Jeff Smith had over 80 yards on the movie four. Tyreek scored last week. I just don't think that matters. The price, 6,200. I think Keenan Allen's like the biggest lock play of the week. And I hate to even say that because it won't work out well. <laughs> but 
he's going to be high percentage. I'm not breaking any news here at all, but I just think they flat out mispriced Keenan Allen this week. Yeah, he uh, <clears throat> Jerry wrote about him as his point per dollar value, um, along with uh, Kareem Hunt. But he noted he's averaging 13 and a quarter targets per game with uh, Herbert. And that's and in a PPR system like DraftKings, 6200 just makes no sense. Yep, yep. I think I play, I, I play him at 7,000. Put it that way. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, I think it's gonna be in a lot of lineups. I, I don't think we're, uh, you know, like I said, we're not breaking any news there, right. but uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't play him. I just think with those are my targets. I think he's uh, he's a really good play. Totally agree. Any interest anybody else in here in the sixes, uh, Cooper cup at Miami. I kind of uh, like as a sneaky, nobody's going to play him this week. Uh, the targets are still good. Robert Woods has kind of disappeared. He has under 30 yards the last two weeks. I think that, uh, in a drafting setup where you do get a full point PPR, I think the cup is playable this week. Uh, it's hard to play him over Jefferson and Galladay. He's at the same price as those guys. But if you want to be a little different in GPP, I think cup makes some sense. Yeah, that, that's how I would put it. I, he he makes yeah. sense, I guess. Uh, what about the Pittsburgh guys? We've got uh, Juju finally woke up. I think that all my uh, ripping on him finally awakened to the beast. Um, nine, nine for 85 on 14 targets. He had 14 targets. Um, Deontay Johnson had 15 targets. Chase Claypool had one. It was the weirdest, like, oh, here we go. Finally, Chase Claypool is clearly the third guy. Um, they are similar price to me. Juju's 5,400. Deontay's 5,500. I don't think it'd be a shock to anybody. Um, Deontay for me all day over Juju. I just think that in the games he's played, he's clearly been their guy. He had two touchdowns last week. The problem is they're facing Baltimore. They've only allowed one wide receiver 100 yards all year, only three wide receiver touchdowns all year. It's a very tough matchup, but... At the price, I think Deontay's still a pretty good play at 5,500. He's not the 4,200 he was last week, which is an absurd price, but uh, still playable 5,500 in my mind. Yeah, I don't <clears> – that fits in. Like, I don't see a reason to play guys against Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think that's fair, too. And it's not like Ben's been lighting the world on fire where you got to play him. Or I mean, it could get back and forth if Lamar gets hot, but uh, this is a game that I don't – I don't think I'm going to shoot for a lot of targets in this game. Right. One other guy in the 5,000s before we drop down in the fours, um, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, 49ers, we talked about how we think that, uh, you know, Jimmy's got to throw the ball a little bit this week. 5,800 on DraftKings. They did price him up with no Debo Samuel. This surprised me a little bit. I thought he was going to be maybe 52, 5,300. Uh, clearly the wide receiver won. Seattle defense has been brutal. We went through it last week, so I won't list out every wide receiver that's gone crazy against the Seahawks because it, uh, it, the list is really long now. But they've allowed eight 100-yard wide receiver games, which is an absurd amount. Um Hopkins was really good last week. Uh, Christian Kirk scored twice. They just can be getting burned all year. Ayuk was six for 115 last week on seven targets. He's a guy that can catch a t- an eight-yard pass and go for 50 at any point. Um, I think he's really playable. He's a little bit higher priced than I was hoping for, but uh, I think maybe that helps the percentage owned too. If he was like 4,900, everybody would have him, and I think maybe that helps a little bit in that regard. I don't want to skip down too far, but that's not okay. the 49ers wide receiver I wanted to talk about. Well, that's I have that one uh, down here too in the cheap ones, so that's, right. uh, that's a good point. I think Ayuk is way better than that other guy, um, but I think if you want to get a piece of this game, and I don't, I don't think the percentage will be high just because his price. I think he could be. Uh, I think Ayuk is an interesting player, a guy that's really showed a lot so far this year. Um, two guys in the four thousands before I get to the three thousand guys, which I have a bunch of. Um, Nelson Aguilar uh, is back in our lives. Uh, Forty seven hundred on DraftKings. He had nine targets last week. Five for a buck oh seven. He scored in three straight weeks. Could be a back and forth game. We've kind of mentioned uh, when we talked about that earlier. If you play Carr as Aguilar, who are you going to stack him with? <laughs> I, 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 
if I have car, I play Waller before I. Play All right, it, like, and that, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a fair point. Waller's not priced super high; he's like fifty six hundred. Uh, I think that I think that is kind of where I felt in my in my in my car builds too. Is I'm just going to go up to the Waller because I can save a little bit on car, but um, Aguilar's been good somehow. Yeah, he's fine. Um, How many times can we let ourselves get burned by Nelson Aguilar, though? Right. I mean. I, well, me never get like he'll burn me because I don't have him, and I don't think it's gonna like he's gonna be popular enough where it really hurts me that much in cash games. The one guy that um, is in this range that I had zero thought of playing, but this situation is what works out. So two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, um, Jaguars Lions, um, Jerry wrote up Keelan Cole. Uh, because guys in the slot just murder the Lions. And I was like, I can't, I mean, Keelan, I mean, you can't play Keelan Cole in a cash lineup. Like, right. Um, I got smoked that week because I ended up playing Chenault for z- no reason. Like, it was, <laughs> it was just dumb. Um, but Zach Pascal is in the slot this week for the Colts against the Lions at 4,500. Um, it's one of those, like, if you're willing to play a very good matchup with a guy that nobody should be thinking about, um, I would probably play that before I play Nelson Aguilar. How much is Pascal? 4,500. So there's no, I remember I looked that up and I didn't like it because of the price. There's another indie receiver I actually like more. And uh, on the, on another side, I appreciate not bringing up T Y Hilton because that would uh, <laughs> just hurt my soul. And I'm, totally <laughs> done, I'm done with that. I, uh, uh, I mean, if you saw, if I told you, um, like weeks ago, that you could get T.Y. Hilton against the Lions at forty nine hundred, you'd be like, yeah. And now I we're not like, even talking about. Did Philip Rivers and all the backup quarterbacks die and something in the same thing? Like right. why? It makes no sense. But uh, we talked about like we talked about the Cincinnati game that was two weeks ago. I mean, I, I liked him as kind of a, a GPP guy at the price, and he had a touchdown called back. He had a twenty five yard catch called back. I just. At 4900 there's enough guys cheaper that I don't think I'm going to go there. I just uh, – I don't know. He's got to do it. He's got to do it for once now. I'm, I'm, I'm back off, and it might burn me now, but um, there's actually a Colts receiver cheaper that I like more. I was going to say, I guess if you're going to take a random Colts receiver, you take the one that's 3000 All right. I get yep. it. That's, that's where we're going to go. Um, last guy in the 4000s though, Rashard Higgins. Uh, another guy in this Cleveland-Las uh, Vegas game. Uh, Higgins is 4200 He was really good after OBJ went out last week. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones had the uh, had the winning touchdown catch, but Higgins was 6 for 110 on 6 targets. Also scored in week 5 and 6. So, like, he wasn't used a lot, but he did score in those weeks. Uh, Jarvis Landry is, you know, not a deep guy. He's kind of dragging himself around right now. He's going to be – he's probably be effective for them in a PPR setup. But Higgins at 4200 I think, is very, very playable this week if uh, you know if we check that wind and the weather and it looks all right in a game that uh, i think can go back and forth if the weather's good uh, he's a guy that i probably get a, get a piece of to a cheap piece of this game that's not who i thought you were going to say oh who do you think i was going to say uh, there's another guy in this range who has over 80 yards in back-to-back games and 24 targets in that span and he's 4500 who you got aj green oh god <laughs> I don't get how he's suddenly been good. I mean, he had 13 targets last week. Because like, when you have game, a quarterback I, who throws 60 times a game, eventually forces, they're going to get to green. Forces the crap out of it to him, too. It's right? perfect. Eight for seven, eight for 82, or excuse me, eight for 96 and seven for yep. 82 in back-to-back games. He's 4,500 in a game we're expecting them to throw it. Yep. I, I actually think it's a really good play. It hurts, it hurts me to say it, but... Uh, 
24 targets last game, like you mentioned, both over 80 yards. They seem like the last couple weeks they figured out how to use him differently. Like they were using him like old AJ Green early in the year, and it, yeah. just, it was just it was looking terrible. And he looked bad. The pat the plays were forced. I think they're using him in a better way and kind of using T Higgins in, in, in the way that maybe he used to use AJ Green. Uh, at 4500, he makes he makes a lot of sense. I can't uh, I can't uh, dislike that play. Yeah, I mean, it's just too many targets. Like it is. like too it many is. to ignore. And so, yeah. um, trying to pull it up here. We have a page on Rotowire called Team Trends where you can get targets each week. But like last week, <clears throat> Boyd and Green both had 13. Um, T. Higgins had five. And the week before, uh, Green had 11, Boyd eight, Higgins eight. Like Green, the last few games, I mean, he obviously uh, has some had some issues in the middle. But like nine targets in week one, 13 yep. in week two, 11 last week or two weeks ago and 13 this week. For forty five hundred in a game where the quarterback should throw forty times, I don't care. Does it matter if he's bad? I don't think it does. If he's going to go seven for eighty five, like who cares a forty five hundred, right? Right, and it's like he has a good quarterback too. It's not like he's yep. getting passes from Philip Rivers or something. Yep, and a guy who's going to drop back fifty times and, right. and, and chuck it, and yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think uh, now that you say that, it's hard. I definitely play him over Aguilar for sure. Somebody uh, made I, a. Uh, I saw it somewhere about using an optimizer without names. And like, if you just had like, you know, just blank them out. And I'm like, AJ Green would burst out of an optimizer. Big at time. That price 24 that targets at, at 4,100. That enough right there is, yeah, fully agree. So let's jump into the, the 3,000 guys. I've got, uh, I actually have five names down yes. here that I think are interesting. And I never have that many names. Love it. And, and your shirt is is one of them. So it's going to work well. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Definitely the fifth on this list for me is KJ Hamler. Um, I'm not going to play him, but 3600 I think is interesting. If Tim Patrick doesn't play it in practice on Thursday, yeah. Um, Hamler came back last week, played 30 snaps, had a, had a, had a rush and had uh, three targets. So I think he's a guy that's super talented. I don't think I can do it against the Chargers and with Drew Locke. Um, if this is a week where I didn't like anybody else down here, I'd probably do it. But uh, there's enough guys right above him enough guys actually below him. I don't think I'll do it, but I think he's worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the 49ers. Kendrick Bourne is, is who you were talking about down here at 3,500. He becomes the wide receiver too with Debo out. Uh, Seattle, like we said, mentioned uh, eight guys over 100 yards. He had he had 22 targets the first four weeks when uh, when Debo was not playing very much or you know didn't play and then was limited. Um, I think the targets will be there. I don't think Kendrick Bourne's good. I think he drops a lot of passes, which drives me freaking nuts. Um I'm not going to play him because I like other guys more here, but uh, it makes a lot of sense in this in this game setup. I think the important thing to remember about Bourne is that he may be the second wide receiver, but he's at best the third receiving it's option. A good point. So yes, like because Kittle obviously jumps ahead of everybody, right? Uh, but they like him in the red zone. They get to, they get inside there and they tend to throw to him. I don't know why because he freaking drops everything, but um, he actually is one of those guys like he makes the really tough catches and then the really easy ones he drops. It, it, it makes no sense. He's frustrating, but. In a game that has the highest total on the slate right now, in a game the 49ers are going to have to have to throw a little bit. I know that Shanahan's going to want to take the air of the ball, but second half, if they're down or Wilson's going back and forth, you have to throw it. I think that uh, you got. Yeah, I think Bourne's going to get at least like six, seven targets, right? For sure. Yeah. He just has to catch him. He just has to catch him. Uh, some other guys that here I like more. First guy is in Chicago, Darnell Moody. Uh, Mooney, sorry. Mooney. Yeah. Um, Mooney. Um, Thirty-five hundred on DraftKings. He becomes. I think he's playable without with Allen Robinson, but if Allen Robinson doesn't play and he hasn't practiced yet this week with the concussion protocol, um, 
Mooney's targets the last four weeks, nine, five, five, and seven, really active already. He's getting some deep looks too. I watched that uh, game against the Rams because it was Monday night and it's Monday night football. I had to watch it. Uh, he had some deep looks they just missed on. Nick Foles did not play well in that game, but you got to figure if they keep taking those deep looks, going to hit some. He hasn't topped 60 yards yet, but you know, in a game where they're going to have to score against the Saints to to kind of stick in it, uh, another game that the win's going to be a factor. We'll have to think about that. But 3,500, a guy that I think could explode. I think he's a little bit more of a GPP guy for, than a cash guy for me, but I think he's really interesting at the price. I love Mooney. Like I think. Um... <clears throat> I think he's one of those guys that we want to play every week, but we have to be like, but Foles is just, he keeps missing him and stuff like that. Like Mooney's going to have a huge game at some point. He's going to. Yeah. Thankfully, he's cheap enough where uh, you can kind of take the risk a little bit. It's not like you're taking a risk at a $6,500 player. So yeah, I like Mooney a lot. Um, yeah, because Foles was terrible last week and Mooney still had, you know, three for 40 is not what you want when you play him. But at this price, it's not going to destroy you. And uh, I just think the potential for, a really big game, like you said, is is right there. Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. Just um, like he gets the worst part is, is that he's open and getting missed, and it's not like he. If I had him last week, it would have been so frustrating to watch that game because there was like there was a couple plays where it was just horrible passes by Foles. It was just like right there. It could have been it could have been really big. But for our purposes this week, that's a really good thing. We 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 saw that that happened. The stats didn't weren't there. The the price didn't go up. Or he may have got up a little bit. It's only thirty five hundred. He was three thousand last week, so he we went up five hundred. But um, still very very playable. Yeah, I mean he's got a fifteen point two a dot, which like the guys in that like Calvin Ridley's fifteen point four, uh, Gallup is at like sixteen. Like that he's running like the routes that you want to take a chance do you, on. Do you have the a dot up on your screen? I do. Is Jefferson still like nineteen? Justin. Yeah. Uh, 12.6. Oh, I thought he was way higher than that. All right, that's not as much as I thought. Um, Denzel Mims with your with your shirt on right there. That's actually not who I thought you were going to say. Oh, really? 32? You thought I was going Jeff Smith? No, I thought you were going to go Braxton Berrios, actually. Oh. Uh, Mims for me this week, but the problem is now is like, everybody's talking about him on Twitter, which drives me nuts. Um, Jameson Crowder is, quote, trending down. Brett Perriman's been ruled out. Um, Mims is their second round pick, played his first game against Buffalo on on Sunday. He had seven targets last mm-hmm. week. Like they dropped him in and he was he was very active. He was four for forty-two. The game script is like just heaven for a wide receiver. Like they're gonna be trailing this entire game and dropping back and throwing all freaking game. They're 20 point underdogs. Um I I think Denzel Mims at 3,200 in a PPR setup is a really, really good play. It scares me on the Jets. It scares me that everybody's just talking about MIM season on Twitter, which, by the way, season is S-Z-N is like my pet peeve. I hate it more than anything <laughs> else on time, Twitter. Man. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, sorry if you use it. Um, I, I think at 3,200, I think he's a really, really good play this week and a guy that's going to be in my lineups. I think he's going to be a little too highly owned probably. But uh, with seven targets last week, both starters out, I think he's a really good play. Yeah, I mean, I got like really excited about when they took him, uh, when they drafted him, because like the Jets yeah. haven't had like a six-two, two hundred and ten-pound wide receiver in a while. Um, do you play him as a one-off, or do you try to play him in a Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill? Like, how do you play him? Because if, I play at the price. I play him as a one-off. Yeah, because there's just like there's too much of a concern that the Chiefs can score any which way. And right. Okay. I think I think he's very very playable as a one-off. I don't think it needs to be a run back at all. That's fair. I hope he's amazing. 
I mean, you, you give me even if you give me the same targets as last week, I play them every single time at 3200. Mm-hmm. And I think the targets, if anything, have to go up. Another week of practice, another week with 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 Darnold, Crowder, and Perriman gone. I mean, Perriman played last week, so that's yeah. that was that was big. Uh, he got smoked last week. That was a scary hit. Um, I just think if you give me this targets and a guy that obviously is talented, obviously is is really athletic, um, I got to take it at 3200. I don't I don't think it'll be 3200 next week. Let's put it that way. Do you think he's better than Bourne? Yes. Okay. As like as like a human being or a player or, <laughs> or a GFS player or what? Um, I think he's a better receiver and he's in a, in a better situation. Okay. <laughs> uh, last guy in this range, we kind of teased a little bit, uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Marcus Johnson at 3,000 for Indy at Detroit. Um, he had a big game last week against uh, last time they played against Cincy. He was five for 108 on eight targets. Uh, the game before he was 353. He clearly is their their big play guy right now. I watched way too much of that game two weeks ago because I had Ty Hilton everywhere. It was so frustrating to watch. But every time they went deep, I'm like, oh, there's Ty, and it was like, oh, it's Marcus Johnson. Like Philip Rivers obviously likes taking shots to him. Um, minimum price, I would pay him, play him over Pascal and, Hill, and Hilton for sure in this in this offense. I was looking to play someone cheap in this game, and I like the game indoors. We don't have a lot of indoors games. I mean, it might be maybe one of only two this week that's indoors. My only problem with Johnson is that I like Mims and Mooney a lot too, so it's hard for me to to play him over Mims. But at three thousand, I'm shocked he's still min price after the game last week. I guess the bye week in there kind of made everybody forget about him. But uh, I think Marcus Johnson's a really nice big play guy in a PPR at three thousand. That's fun. Yeah, I think that's a good call. There's um, there's one other guy here that I wanted to bring it. up. Hit uh, me with it. He's got a touchdown in back-to-back games. He had eight targets in his last game, 13 in his last two. Does that interest you at all? It does. I'm trying to figure out who that is, though. It's Josh Reynolds. I, I played him in the uh, in the showdown. In the showdown, yeah. Night. Yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit. I was shocked how much Goff looked at Reynolds in that game. Like, he has Woods and Cup, and every time they went deep or like anything, it was just Reynolds. Reynolds. Every time I looked at it, it was number 11 catching the balls. Like it, he, Goff really likes him, which is obviously really important. Yeah, what was funny was um, he. I wrote about him because like Cup and Woods basically run like the same types of routes. Like it's like all very short and like quick passes, right. and Reynolds is the deeper guy. And of course, he scores a four-yard touchdown. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. But um, but like they're you know favored. Um, in Miami in a game that theoretically, I mean, they don't, there's no establishing the run with the Rams like they're going to throw. And so um, he was, he he was 4,100 two weeks ago at the 49ers scored in his last two games. Now he's 3,100. Yeah. That's odd. And they're still like they're favored in the game. And yeah. And I I think that it's it's hard to know what Miami's going to do. Like if it was Fitzpatrick, I'd be like, I think Miami can score enough to make this a game. I have no idea what to expect from Tua. I'm not playing Tua, that's for sure. Um, I just, I don't think you do it against the Rams, but I mean, he's obviously comes with the, the biggest college pedigree and, and stats and efficiency that we've ever seen. Like his, his YPA and completion percentage is like more than like the best prospect coming out of college ever pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't think I can do it against the Rams, but I just, I don't know what to expect there. Uh, Reynolds is interesting. And I think with the names we mentioned, I think Mims and, and, and Mooney will be way more popular. I think you get, you get Reynolds for like no ownership this week. Yeah. Just in terms of like implied points, like the Rams have more implied points than the Raiders, the Chargers. They're basically right behind the, the Ravens and the Niners. Like it's, it's not like they're not going to score any points. And so, of course, yeah, why not? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I like that. That's a really good call, and one that I think with the other names in here will fly under the radar pretty well. Especially Born, you can put Born in there too, because I think a lot of people uh, will, will go to Born in that game too. Yeah, for sure. 
There's a uh, lot. You're great. right. There were a lot of guys. You said that before we started. You said you had a yeah. ton of them, and now they I don't were. know if I want to play. I know, me too. Yeah. Hmm. You got to play Mims. You got the Jet shirt on. You're a fan. It's time. I got to play Mims. Oh. Got to play Mims. When you, gotta, when you get, that's the great thing. You, I'm wearing the shirt, and I have to play the Jets in a, in a game. They're 19 and a half point underdogs. And I don't think they can. Yeah, that, that's like a college line. It's crazy. It's um, crazy. Let's jump into tight ends real quick. We've gone a little bit long on the other stuff here, as we often do. Hopefully, people like the info. Uh, we've got at the top of the tight ends, we have Kittle and Kelsey. Again, another week where it's always hard for me to find this amount of money to play tight ends. But if I were going to play one, it would be Kittle for me this week. Uh, if Jamal Adams plays, that might impact that a little bit. But um, I just think Seattle's, Seattle's defense in general is so bad. The Niners are going to have to score a little bit. We talked about how you know Shanahan will try and run the clock. But they're going to have to score a little bit. Um, wide receivers have smoked them. I consider Kittle a, a wide receiver one in this team anyway, like you mentioned earlier. Um, I would go Kittle for uh, $400 more than Kelsey, 200 cheaper on FanDuel. Uh, I go Kittle over Kelsey this week for me. Um, I agree, but like Waller is so much better at the price. I mean, he's not cheap Four, either. 1400 less than Kittle though, in a game yeah. that, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, I like going back and forth a little bit. Uh, I mean, Waller's been aside that you take out that New England game where Belichick was pretty much like Waller, you're not gonna beat me. Anybody else can, he has over 10 PPR points in all those games. His targets last week are 12, seven and nine. Good game flow here. Like, it, I, I would have no issue with Waller at 5,600 this week. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. And because we like Kittle and because, I mean, Kelsey's got a great matchup against this terrible Jets defense. And because we like Waller, it's definitely the Mark Andrews three-touchdown day. Oh, man, Mark Andrews. It, it's got to be. He hasn't have 60 yards in a game yet. Yeah, you don't it's need amazing. it. Four, four catches for 38 yards and three touchdowns. He has five touchdowns already. Uh, I am not playing Mark Andrews this week, so I'll, I'll get that out there. You can play that as like the video clip when he scores three times, make right. me look bad. But uh, I'm I'm planting my flag in that. I will not have Mark Andrews this week. I, I, I like Waller a lot more. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I had trouble with kind of the the four thousand range. There's a couple really cheap guys I want to ask you about in a second, but in the in like the four thousand range, I had trouble finding anybody. We've talked about Hunter Henry a bunch. He was really bad last week, and he's kind of like it was like this. He was like he was solid, solid, solid. He's kind of falling off. I don't know if it's a uh, Herbert, you know, throwing to the other guys there, and he still had seven targets. You know, he had fifteen targets last two weeks, but yeah. it was like three for twenty. He's just not doing anything with them. Nothing. It's weird. His price has dropped off. He's down to forty two hundred. So I think the price he's playable again for the targets, but gotta admit he's been disappointing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, the- there's no, there's nothing about Hunter Henry that makes me think like, I should, let me just play him one more time. Right. Like I'm, yeah, I'm good. It's just, it's just the targets with a good quarterback, but I don't, it's uh, I might end up with him just cause I have to price down a little bit, but uh, I'm not as excited about it as I was like two, three weeks ago at the price. Yeah. There are guys below him that I'm more than, more than comfortable with. So is there anybody else in this range you like Johnny Smith, Noah Fant, uh, Hawkinson's more expensive. Anybody else that you like here? Because I, I I couldn't find anybody I really liked in the four thousands. No, I mean I I feel like I say it every week. Like Fant is the one who's most likely to have a big play, but they're so right. rare that it, it it's not enough for me to play in this week. Tell me who you like in the in the cheaper range then. Um, I mean they're all pretty awful, realistically. But um, really, I just want to make you say the person's last name. Oh. Oh, we got someone different. Go ahead. Go with yours then. I'll, I'll oh, break mine down. I was just uh, initially going to bring up Gerald Everett um, because it sounds like Higby might not play, uh, or at least he's questionable to play. Um, so I like Everett. Um, I was actually going to bring up Harrison Bryant again, um, like people, five targets people, last week. Yeah. People scored with him last week too. Like big time. Uh, he's only 3,200. 
which um, it was funny to see because when Hooper was ruled out, everyone was like, oh, let's play David Njoku. And Njoku, I mean, he did score as well. He score, yeah. But uh, he only had three targets. Not that Harrison Bryant's five was all that much, but when he was like, I think it was a stone minimum last week. I actually know some Browns fans. They actually think Harrison Bryant might be might be a pretty good player. Might like actually, actually be good. Oh. Yeah, not, not like a good situation, but actually a pretty good player too. Oh, okay. Um, Thirty two hundred, um, I think, is uh, in a game that we, like we talked about many times. They can be back and forth. I think I think he's still really playable this week. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I don't know who you're referring to. Albert Ogwe Boonham. Oh, there he is. Uh, for the uh, for the Broncos against the Chargers. 2,800 on DraftKings. Um, even with Noah Fant in last week, he had seven targets, seven catches for 60 yards. The week before, he had six targets. Well, he has 13 targets the last two weeks. At 2,800 in a game that you think that they're going to be trailing, um, it seems like uh, seems like they've been going to him. They had a couple red zone looks two weeks ago. Um, he went to Missouri, I think. I think I owned him in my um, my college fantasy league a couple years ago. He's a pretty good tight end. I think he went to Missouri. I could be wrong on that, but uh, someone I'm sure is correcting me as, as we speak here. But um, I don't know. You're going to give me that number of targets. Potentially, uh, he's he's uh, he's a big guy, 6'5", 255. He did go to Missouri, by the way. I was right on that. Um, a big guy, red zone target with that many targets last two weeks, 2,800. Um, kind of interested in playing that this week. 44940. Yeah, he's, he's an athlete. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Hell, I get line it. Him up at, line him up wide receiver. Tim Patrick's probably not going to play, yeah. which I think is a, is a pretty big factor in that offense. So you get – you could play um, – I'm going to call him Albert O. You can play Albert O and uh, and Fan at the same time if you're the Broncos, um, you know, with Judy and uh, whoever else they want to throw out there. Um, KJ Hamler, I suppose. But he just – I think that Patrick has got to be out for it to work. But I think if he is – um, you know, Albert O suddenly becomes kind of that red zone guy that they can use. He, I mean, 6'5", 255 that runs fast. Like, that's a that's a weapon right there. 13 targets on 35 routes. Yeah. That's crazy. They're, they're looking at him. He's been involved. Um, I like it. If I'm going to go cheap, you know, it's hard to take him over Harrison Bryant because Harrison Bryant had five targets. We get scored twice, but I think I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, 2,800 is, is super 2800, Yeah, 2,800. You need three two catches pretty much. And- right. I mean, if he scores, it's a huge, it's a huge boon. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it could work. Obviously plays down here at 2900 are always risky. And, you know, he, he was not even part of the offense until the last two weeks. Um, you know, he had, he, he didn't even play. He didn't play any snaps. The first, I don't know if he was hurt or didn't play at all. Um, but been really active 13 targets last two weeks. Uh, that means a lot to me at 2800. Looks like he had, uh, oh yeah. An ankle injury, but, um, looks like the inactives were D at coach's decisions here. Um, I thought for a second, just a quick second, you were going to talk about Chris Herndon. I'm not. Me neither. No. <laughs> fully, I fully moved on in my life from Chris Herndon. Uh, the offense is bad, and I think he's actually bad. <sighs> Sorry. I was nice about the Jets earlier, so I had to get one shot. Yeah, no, you're hey, not even being mean. It's just realistic. You still, you still didn't give up a touchdown last week. <sighs> Uh, let's talk about defenses real quick. Um, I think uh, people will kind of uh, gravitate towards the Chiefs' defense against the Jets, but they're obviously pretty expensive. They're forty five hundred DraftKings, five thousand on FanDuel. Um, hard to get away from it. And they had what? Uh, they had three sacks and four turnovers forced last week against Denver. The Jets allowed six sacks last week and eighteen over the last four weeks. So I mean, very playable, but obviously expensive. You're good with the uh, the cheaper defenses. Uh, who do you like this week? Uh, kind of saving a little bit of cash. Uh, the one that came out to me at first was the Dolphins. Um, I mean, that that game 
I like lost my page here of what the spread is in that game. Uh, I think the Rams are fair by like six and a half. No, oh, I see a three and a half on my. Screen. Oh, is it that low? All right. But it's a close game. Rams are. I like the, I like the Rams then, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, you know, but early body clock game for the Rams, right. going all the way to Miami. Um, I mean, weird things happen, so I don't think that's such a bad play. Um, yeah, Dolphins have eight sacks the last two weeks. Yeah. They're off a bye, which is kind of nice. Uh, Jared Goff is someone that, uh, you know, make a mistake now and then. I could I could see that happening. The Rams will give up a lot of sacks, though, so it's uh, might be a little bit tough. How, mu- how much is Miami? Uh, 2,400. Okay, so you're going, that's the that's the kind of the dirt cheap savior. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you asked for cheap. I'm going to give you cheap. Yeah. You like um, them uh, more than the Lions? Um, at 2,500? At 20, I mean... I, I get teams that play against the uh, play against Philip Rivers. Although the, the Lions, if I remember correctly, have just been horrific. Or maybe I just had them in the game; they had zero. No, um, they're not. They're not great. They have five sacks three. in the last three weeks. Like there, there's nothing really exciting there. It's just that Philip Rivers tends to do some stupid stuff. Well, yeah, no, I get that. Um, I don't think Cleveland twenty six hundred is that bad. Um, home, if the game gets kind of sloppy, uh, yeah. you know, win wise, you never know. So. That's something to look at. And then, I mean, the Bears 2,800 against New Orleans. Like, the Bears are a very good defense. And the Saints offense is very limited in terms of, like, what they can actually do. Like, there's nothing deep. And so if the Bears can, like, like, basically pack it in. I kind of want deep and some dangerous passes, though, with defense. I just – Breeze just doesn't take any risks. I don't know. Yeah. So in the in the more mid range, um, in that same game, I think the Saints at the Bears are interesting. I think they're gonna be popular. I think they're gonna be the most popular, uh, highly owned um, defense this week. They're thirty four hundred on DraftKings. They're really cheap on Fanduel. Thirty six hundred on Fanduel. They're like a thousand less than the Bills and seven hundred less than the Chargers. I think wow. they're gonna be really popular on Fanduel. I don't know why they're so cheap. Um, you know, Foles threw a couple picks last week. Did not look good. He can obviously make a mistake. Um, I think the Rams are interesting. I mean, they go against Tua. They have uh, they have four plus sacks in three of the last four games. Facing a rookie quarterback in a nice game script. You mentioned the three and a half point favorites. I think that's an interesting play too. And then I think the Bills. The, the Bills had six sacks last week. They're thirty three hundred on DraftKings going against New England. I mean, mentioned earlier, Cam just looked horrible. He had, the Pats had four picks. Cam had three of them. Uh, the Pats have thrown multiple picks in three straight games now. I think that you know if Cam goes out, going with Stidham or whoever else they want to use is not impressive either. I, I think the Bills are probably my favorite D, and, D here at 3,300. Um, I, I wish New England maybe took a few more chances and shots, but uh, I think that's probably the play for me. I think I, I think I moved to them and DraftKings away from the Saints. Just gonna think the Saints will be, too, they'll be more popular. It's funny. I, I was surprised when you said how much you like the Saints at 34 because the Bills at 33 seem like such yeah. an easy play against Cam. Um, yeah. That's crazy that they're so different on FanDuel. Um, yeah, they're they're nine hundred dollars more than the Saints on FanDuel, and they're a hundred dollars less than the Saints on, right. on DK. Right. Yeah. Um, no, so. I like those. Uh, I like that one a lot. Um, the only other place I'd go, and I think they're a little too expensive for me compared to the Bills and Saints, is the Chargers at the Broncos. I like this defense. I had five sacks last week against Jackson. I played them in a bunch of lineups. Uh, the Broncos turned it over four times last week, but they're four thousand. So you, know, that seven hundred you get right there, usually I can find something else that I really want to do with that. So I probably won't get there. But in a lineup where Maybe I have a few extra bucks. I might I might bump it up, but I'd probably just pay the bills for seven hundred dollars less. What do you about three thousand for the Titans against Burrow, knowing he's throwing forty five times? Yeah, I mean that 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 could work. You always want a game where a guy's going to drop back a bunch and and throw it late. I think that uh, I think that's very playable too. Okay, that's a lot. We just said it did. Uh, I think I still probably go the Bills for three hundred bucks more though, just because I I just can't believe how terrible Cam Newton looked. <laughs> yeah. He can't. He can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball without like using his whole body to throw it. And he can't throw it more than like 15 yards. It's it's wild. I think he's. I think he's fully washed. Wow. 
as a passer. He's wow. still obviously super talented, could run, but I don't think he can be that one-dimensional in the NFL. Like the guys that that run and pass, like Kyler Murray and Wilson, like those guys have such a threat of passing the ball. Lamar, I don't think I don't think Cam has a threat of throwing the ball at all. I mean, the Niners were banged up last week, and there was never a point in that game after the first quarter where I thought the Patriots had a chance to move the ball. Yeah, my mother-in-law was at the where she was watching the game over at the house, and it was like I think it was twenty-seven to six or whatever it was, and she's like worried about a, a referee call, and I'm like, the game's <laughs> over. I'm like, this game is, and I never say that for the Niners games, like. People like texting me during the Super Bowl last year. I just like turned my phone off because they were so annoying when they had the lead. But that game was so over because yeah. the Patriots had no chance to move the ball. I've never seen it. I've never seen the Patriots look that inept. It was, and, and the Niners could just run the ball too. But I, the offense was so bad. I love it. Just love it. Yeah, I'm sure it breaks your heart. And no Edelman this week. Like <laughs> they have no catch the ball. Like I guess Burkett. I mean, they went away from James White, which is weird. But I mean, James White's probably the best receiver right now. It's it's gross. Ah, bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. But then again, Tom Brady's throwing like four touchdowns a game and looks like he's 24 instead of 44. It's, no, it's, so. no. Um, anybody else you want to talk about? We kind of hit a lot and we went a little bit long here, but there's kind of a kind of a fun slate to break down. There's a lot of uh, a lot of playable guys in different ranges, especially at wide receiver this week. No, I think we're good. I think that should be the motto of the podcast, though. Sorry, we went a little long. Yeah, well, yeah, people are people are paying so much for the podcast. I think they can deal with a little bit of us talking a little bit long. But That's right. anyway, more than anything, thank you for everybody for listening. Um, we really appreciate that. If you can please rate or read the podcast. It'd be fantastic. Also, you want to follow Andrew on Twitter. He is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back at you next Friday with week nine. Hope you guys have a great week eight. Take care. <laughs>